as the host of Podcast Therapy and the Women's Empowerment Director for an organization called YWCA in the greater Green Bay area, Suzanne Whitman aims to empower and lift the voices of all women, especially women of color. As an intersectional feminist and immigrant herself, Suzanne supports the efforts of BIPOC communities and is an LGBTQ plus ally. She is a founding member of the Northeast Wisconsin Asian Pacific Islander Desi American Professionals Group and was named one of Wisconsin's 34 most influential Asian American leaders in 2021. Suzanne is here to share with us more about her work with the YWCA, as well as her journey to create her podcast and community. Let's take a listen. Hi, Suzanne. How are you? I am well. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks. I'm very happy to have you on Be The Good today. Thank you for taking the time to talk with us. And if you don't mind, let's start by you sharing with us a little bit about your background and what led you to the work you now do. You know, trying to find a really quick elevator pitch to my entire life story is very difficult. Um, But I do like to give the background of where I literally came from or where my parents came from. So both my parents were born in the Philippines. They met in Montreal, Canada, which is where I was born and raised. And so part of my education was from there. Uh, Then my dad's job moved us to the United States, which brought us to Wisconsin. And then I continued my education and then found myself, um, you know, like everybody else looking for a job and trying to figure out what I want to do. And I've worked for both for-profit organizations and nonprofits. And currently I am working in the nonprofit world. Great. And that's, yeah, that brings me to uh, my next question is you now, um, you're now with the Women's Empowerment Center. You are the director for the YWCA and the Greater Green Bay area. And so the YWCA Greater Green Bay is an organization that offers programs throughout your community designed to empower women, girls, families, uh, all facing poverty, violence, or discrimination. Can you tell us more about the programs that you offer? Sure. So as you can imagine, this particular YWCA has been around for over 100 years. So programs have changed. If you think back of what was being offered, right, when hundred years ago. It's very different to what's being offered now. So um, to give you a couple of examples of the programs that we run, we have uh, two pieces that are kind of a retail uh, space for us. And we call those the Women's Career Closet and the Madison Street Boutique. So the Women's Career Closet is where the community donates clothes. And um, we are able to set it up in a store-like kind of environment. And we have volunteers who primarily run the closet. And any woman who is um, a resident of the state of Wisconsin and is either actively looking for employment or is employed can come in four times a year and get clothing, um, everything from coats to dresses to shirts, jackets, uh, shoes, everything they need, uh, like I said, for free four times a year. And they get an allotment of 20 pieces per visit. So that's a great deal. You know, if you think about going shopping, you don't really go out and buy 20 pieces at what time, one time, but that's what they get. So um, we love that part of what we do because we're trying to help women saying, you know, if you're struggling, whether it's your impoverished or making a lower wage and you're thinking, how can I have clothes to potentially move me up to that next level? Clothing is expensive. So uh, you don't have to think about that when you come to the closet. That's just one part of your budget that you can save for food, for rent, for whatever. Um, Another piece, like I mentioned, is the Madison Street Boutique, and that is open to the public. 
and they can come in and buy. So I always give the same example to everybody I talk to about an Ann Taylor dress. If you can picture a summer floral Ann Taylor dress that you might not wear to your place of work, to the office, uh, those are the kinds of things that we sell in the boutique. And so for very nominal prices, like $4 for a dress, $4 for a top, $2 for a pair of earrings. Um, you can come in and outfit yourself um, for whatever occasion and not spend a lot of money. So those are two of our basic um, programs that we run. We also change up programs. Um, we have something that we used to run, which was a book club, um, but this was during the pandemic. Well, are we still in the pandemic? I don't know. <laughs> uh, so we had we had a, I guess it was a virtual book club uh, where we were reading books primarily focused on different ethnic uh, cultures. Um, and I want to say, no, two out of the four were written by women. Um, we have something called the YW Strive Program. It's basically classes that are available to women who want to um, learn more about empowering themselves. So what does that mean? First of all, learning what the word empowerment means. What does that sound? What does that look like? Is it just a buzzword? And then everything from helping with resume writing to some basic computer skills and other wraparound services that they might need, such as um, a little bit of case management, if a referral is needed to go to a a shelter, a domestic violence shelter, for example. Uh, those are the kinds of things that we do to help those women in need. And then we also run something called Tech Girls, which we just, making it really short, we introduce uh, girls grades three to eight to STEM or STEAM uh, programs with, we partner with the community in doing that. So I literally go on a bus and take these girls to different places and they learn how to, for example, dissect the sheep's eyeball. They get to learn how to build a boat. Um, I'm thinking this year we've partnered with 12 different organizations. Uh, one of them is uh, a healthcare facility called it's Bell and Health. That's what they're called. And they are going to go in and see what it's like to work in a simulated emergency room and do what doctors do and get them uh, ready to see what the life of uh, someone in the medical field looks like. So again, it's just an introduction to girls to say, you know what, you can better yourself by getting into a career that will pay you well and provide for yourself and also give back to the community. Uh, so we're really excited about the Tech Girls program. And then Super side note, it's not a side note, um, is the Stand Against Racism work we do. We have a social justice specialist um, in-house, and she does something called the Intercultural Development Inventory. Um, she basically helps assess people um, from organizations who say, we want to we want to dig deeper into our diversity, equity, inclusion work. Uh, what can you do to help us? And so there's an assessment that people take and uh, you kind of learn where you are, you know, um, from being anti-racist to being racist. But we do it in a very non-judgmental way and saying we're all different. Uh, we all have different backgrounds and experiences. And how can we better ourselves considering that not only is our community changing, but the face of our country, the face of our state is changing. And so how can we get along with a lot of people who are different from us? Um, so she runs that. And then um, actually we will be working while well, we are in the midst of our stand against racism month and getting pledge cards out to people and saying, um, Hey, can you support this anti-racist work? Are you willing to stand up and say, I want to be a part of this movement where just because someone is different than I am, doesn't make them any less of a person. Um, so we're looking for people to support us in that area as well. So that's just a 
tiny touch on all that we do at the YWCA and like other YWCAs, you know, we have childcare, we have fitness programs, we have aquatics classes. Um, so there's always something happening. It's amazing. It's an incredible range of offerings that you're putting out there into the community and really touching on so many important areas uh, where females and children especially need to be supported. So I, I think it's amazing. And thank you so much for breaking that all down for us. And you seem to have a true passion for female empowerment yourself, as do I. So can you talk a bit about how you personally connect with this type of conversation and why it matters to you so much? Well, I think part of it is um, the fact that I uh, I have three children and married and have three children and two of those kids are girls. And so I think when you become a mom, you realize whether you want to be a role model or not, <laughs> you become a role model. And by no means saying that you're perfect or you don't make mistakes, but certainly you're being watched. And uh, so with that, I think that's an influence for me um, among other women as well, is that, you know, how are you portraying yourself to your, to your daughters? What is the message that you're sending out? Whether it's something from, you know, the empowerment piece or the body image piece or, everything. I mean, you know, you're a mom, you know, all the things that we have to go through with daughters. And so um, I kind of, this is sort of tongue in cheek, but I do say this to a lot of women that I meet. Uh, I say, as Taylor Swift says, um, there's a special place in hell for women that don't help other women. And that really is a Madeline Albright uh, saying or quote. And if anybody knows who that is, or they can look her up, um, it originated from her. But the truth is, is we have to help each other out. And um, I've been in situations like many of us have been where whether you're younger and in school and being bullied, or you're um, in a workplace where you just don't feel like you have the backing of other women. I think that's a, that's a real shame. I think we need to help each other out. There's enough issues that we deal with just on the basis of gender that we don't need to be fighting with an amongst ourselves. And so that is something that I feel very passionate about is that women should be supporting other women, regardless of what it is, um, uh, socio, socioeconomically, uh, what, whatever, uh, we should be supporting other women. And I think the other part of this is when I re when I was about to reenter the workforce. So I was working, got married, had kids, decided to stay home for a little while, and then had to go back in full time, I remember um, someone really close to me saying, you know, I got hired for this full-time position and they said, wow, they had no business like hiring you. You've been out of the workforce as a mom for many years. You, um, you know, where's your skill set at this point since you've been raising kids? Uh, In my case, where I live, I have a commute if I go to a different, to go to the quote unquote bigger city. Um, I think there was something else in there, but I was kind of like, what? Like, That's crazy. It's a crazy thing to say. <laughs> I'm like, I got like, the job. What does, it, what does it matter to you if like anybody thinks that I am, you know, I mean, like I'm qualified enough in that moment. That's like a crazy thing to say. Yeah. <laughs> and that was just, a, that was like really, it kind of fired me up. And I thought, um, I'll show you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and, the that, idea, and that's what empowers we all you. Right. Exactly. And I think there are a lot of women out there that don't get that, right? They don't, either they can't find the fire within themselves to push them forward. And so then they need that help from other women, right? Who are lifting them up and saying, you can do this. It's not going to be easy. It's not going to look like everybody else, but you can, you just need to want to do this. And if you can get the support, meaning the childcare, or even that 
um, emotional support, right? Where someone says to you, you got this. I mean, sometimes that's all it takes. And so, um, yeah, so I'm pretty, (laughs) as you can tell, pretty fired up about don't tell me no, um, or don't say I can't because short of saying, sure, I can perform surgery, which I cannot, um, (laughs) I feel like I could do just about anything if I wanted to. That's incredible. And I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, you know, you and I have talked prior to this conversation and I feel like we really got into that and connected in that way. Uh, cause I totally agree. Like if somebody tries to test me or my abilities, it immediately becomes a moment for me to feel empowered and say, mm-hmm. I'm saying to myself, like, yo, that's funny. You think I can like <laughs> watch me. Um, but you're right. Not everybody's like that. And I think it's super important for females like you and I, who do have that, um, you know, that fire or drive to set an example of just what's possible um, mm-hmm. for other females or, and not just you and I, anybody, any, any woman yes. that is doing something, um, you know, that's allowing them to be an example for the, the female community on the whole is incredible. And I also, to speak to your point about supporting other women, I talk a lot about that myself too. I think that it, there is just so much that goes on in terms of women being competitive with each other mm-hmm. um, that there, nothing good comes of that actually, you know, right. nothing good. So I think for me, I've always seen it as making community with other women and supporting other women and cheering them on is only going to help me, mm-hmm. you know, do yes. what I do better or have more opportunities or, you know, if like you said, just to have somebody saying like, you can do it or cheering you on or just feeling like you have that um, sisterhood, it can yes. be really powerful in your life. And so I could not agree with you more. Uh, now we're going to switch gears a little bit though. I want to talk about podcasting. <laughs> so aside, as a side project, um, as a result of your own interest in podcasts, You've recently created your own podcast called Podcast Therapy with Suzanne Whitman. Can you tell us more about that and how that came to be for you? So, yes, I was actually, um, like you said, listening to podcasts like many other people for probably about five years now and uh, found a podcast through another podcast because that's how that works, uh, which was basically saying, you know, are you happy with the job that you do during the day? And if not, Either you're going to have to change your job or find a side hustle, as it's called, or a passion of yours and do that on the side. And uh, so I ended up taking this free podcast boot camp and said, you know, I think I can do this. Uh, But of course, like many people, it's, well, what am I going to talk about? And so I think that's a lot harder for people. That's a a really hard piece of when you want to start a podcast is what am I an expert in and should I be an expert in it? And, you know, never mind, like, who am I to do this? Right. Never mind that part of it, but just the, what is this going to be about? And so um, one of the things that I am is a self-proclaimed Jane of all trades. I've just done a lot of different things. I like a lot of different things, have an interest in a lot of different things. And I thought, well, what if I started a podcast that basically um, I, where I have conversations with other people who listen to podcasts and find more podcasts. And because it's not, 
I don't find myself leaning toward one particular topic, um, just of anything that's of interest to me or to other people. So essentially, that's what I do. I basically curate podcasts through interviewing people about their favorite podcasts, as opposed to being told by you know some online newspaper or a media company saying you need to listen to these podcasts because we support them and we you know we make money off of them how about just great podcasts from real people and so it started off that way with interviewing you know friends and and people who said yeah I listen to podcasts have you heard of this one and it's like no and I'm like let's why don't you share this with me and everybody else who listens and then it turned into um how about I interview podcasters as well and get their viewpoint on why they do their podcaster, which again, we'll find more podcasts. And and now we're at the point where um, people are coming to me and saying, I want to be on your podcast. And I'm like, Hey, if you listen to podcasts, that's eligibility right there. But if you don't, you can't be on it. So yeah, (laughs) I don't know the requirement. That's the requirement. I think it's such a great idea because like you mentioned, if you were going to, uh, you know, some online uh, newspaper or something, and they're just giving you like a rundown of the top 10 podcasts you can listen to. You're only getting like a brief surface explanation of what that podcast is, as opposed to when you have somebody on and you're really talking in depth about your favorite podcast, you're able to hear like maybe certain episodes they've listened to and why it resonated with them and what the ins and outs of the podcast are and what's what's actually really truly appealing about it. Uh, I think you're giving people a really great opportunity to to dig into different uh, topics too, because mm-hmm. I don't know about you, but when I go on to like Apple Podcasts and I I think to myself I want to listen to something new, it's like going on Netflix and you're like I want to watch something new, and you're like right. you search for 25 minutes and then you're like I'm just going to bed, never mind. <laughs> like that was so <laughs> annoying, you know, and I found nothing that I wanted. So I think you're, you're really offering such a great service to people um, to kind of do that vetting for you. And then they get to listen to your podcast and it's like, oh, okay. You know, they either click with or don't click with whatever right. it is you're, you're talking about, but uh, you're helping people sift through the variety that's out there that can sometimes be really overwhelming. Yes. And there's no agenda on my end, right? right? Like when you, when you take a look at those lists that say, here are the top, whatever podcast, you know, I am not endorsing that company or getting paid by that company to say, here, you need to listen to this podcast. These are just people who who say, this is great. You should listen to this. So I think it's really authentic. And that's something that I try to be with my guests is just, I want the real skinny. I mean, there have been people who've come on the show who have interest in certain podcasts that I'm like, yeah, no, I'm not personally going (laughs) to listen to that. That's not for me, but maybe for someone else, they'll say, oh, I didn't know that existed. So I've dug a little deeper too and said, and yes, there have been some big podcasts that people have recommended that a lot of people have heard of. Uh, but then I've, I've really tried to say, are there any other podcasts that you listen to that maybe aren't as well known, whether they're local or they're just, um, you know, everybody just doesn't hear about them all the time because that's a nice discovery for, for people as well. And, and as a podcaster, we want to help other podcasters. <laughs> totally. And I think that you're able to expose more like niche type of uh, podcasts as well, like that people wouldn't know existed, but mm-hmm. that could be something fun that you might want to dive into and you just never thought of it. 
So I love that. And you say that your intention with the podcast is to empower and lift the voices of all women, especially women of color, with education through podcasts. Can you share with us how you're working to achieve that and why that particular focus is so important to you, aside from what we kind of already touched on female empowerment, but what made you want to really bring that to the forefront of the actual podcast? I actually think that that wasn't my intention at first. It was just, let's just go find these great podcasts. But then of course, I don't think that, I think a lot, and again, I'm generalizing here, but a lot of us, our lives are not in boxes, right? You know, what happens at home affects your workplace, what, who, who your friends are affects your life. I mean, so, um, because of the work that I do at the YWCA, I found myself interviewing other women um, who had interest in certain podcasts. And as we're talking, we did end up talking about female empowerment. Um, A few of my guests have been Asian American. And so they start talking about representation and what their lives look like because of where they were born or, or, um, you know, how to other people, they look different. So how that affects their lives. And so it's just this like natural piece where women are coming forward and saying, I have a voice and I have a story and I'm finding like that is almost becoming my platform. And it was, like I said, it wasn't intentional. And it's not that I don't interview men because I do. uh, But if that's an interesting story, uh, then there's a place for you. And I also think someone also mentioned to me recently, like, well, you don't, you don't interview celebrities and you don't whatever, you know, it's just, these are people that nobody knows. And I'm like, but people are important. Do you have to be a celebrity to matter? Yeah. And people want to hear, I think I have found that in with my own podcasts here is that people do genuinely care to hear other people's stories because there's so much that we can learn from each other, Mm -hmm. you know? And then, and in a lot of ways, like people have said the same thing to me too. Like, Oh, like somebody just asked me the other day, like who would be like your number one top guest you want to have on your show? And I'm like, I actually don't do that. I don't, I don't think to myself, like there's a, some celebrity or some big name that I want on. Cause I love that the people I interview aren't that, but Mm -hmm. they're doing incredible things. You know, like these are everyday people doing really good things in the world. And I want people to listen to that more so than I want necessarily somebody to hear about a celebrity that we all already know about, you know? Right, right. And not to say that going in the future, I wouldn't, I mean, it would be great if I did have somebody who who was a, a terrific influencer or whatever, but I guess once again, it's, it's the giving a platform to women. Um, and also, like you said, when you have that story, if, if another mom or woman can relate to that story, that is really empowering. I don't know if you and I talked about this um, a while back, but you know, when you, when you're a young mom and you're in the midst of toilet training or whatever it is, getting the weaning off the bottle or, you know, going to bottle or whatever, right. You're, it's really, sometimes it can feel really overwhelming, but then when you meet up with another mom who's in a similar situation to you or start talking to someone and you're like, Oh, I'm not the only one struggling with potty training. Suddenly you're like, okay, this is not about me being a bad mom or not a good, whatever. This is normal. And so I think that's where it's really important for women everywhere to say what you're going through, you are not alone. 
Um, Because that's, I think that's what holds a lot of us back is feeling, you know, we sort of end up, that narrative is stuck in our head and we think it's us. It's not really us. It's just, this is how it is, right? Potty training is hard. It's not you, you, whoever is not, you're not a bad mom because you're having the problem with potty training. That's just how it goes. And so that, like you said, relatability um, and it's validating for women moms to say, okay, I'm not alone. Other women are going through this. And I, I don't know if this is a gender thing um, because I've talked to my husband. I've talked to some other people and said, does that matter for you? Um, a few people have said, well, I don't even think about it. Yeah. <laughs> but I think for other moms, it's very relatable. Totally. And that actually leads me to my next question because we talk a lot about community on this podcast and it seems as though you were led to create your podcast in a way that would facilitate a community type of experience for your listeners. And it really speaks to what we were just talking about, like that, how beneficial it is to feel like you're, you're listening to somebody talk about something that resonates with you or makes Mm -hmm. you feel better about whatever situation it is that you're going through. So can you tell us why you think the aspect of community is so valuable and how you're working to achieve that with the podcast? Well, I think it's what we were just saying. Um, and in, in my case right now, part of it also is, again, with work spilling over into everyday life is, um, and for the listeners who wouldn't know, um, I'm Asian American. So uh, representation is something that's really important. Uh, if, and to make that really clear for people to understand, it is not because you're going to hear a lot of buzzwords right out there. You're going to hear uh, systemic racism, you're going to hear tokenism, you're going to hear representation, even though, like I said, women's empowerment, what does that mean? Representation means how can people, if they're of the same skin color, experience, ethnic background, how can they know how someone who is different from them feels? How can they know what's important to other people that are not like them? And so if you envision you know, um, a community of women who are very diverse in their experiences, their age, their ethnic background. Think about all that you are learning from them and uh, a viewpoint that you would have never come up with because you didn't grow up in that. That's that's what you're, we're looking to do, right? So in the space of my work at the YWCA, me being there, I think is valuable because I can represent a community that has different struggles than other people who do not look like me. Um, But I'm only one, I'm only one piece of that. And same with the podcasting world, because I do listen to other podcasts that have hosts who are Asian Americans. And they talk about this is that, you know, you look at the percentage of um, Asian women and men in uh, movies, um, on television, um, hosting podcasts. I mean, the percentage is small. Why? Why is that? And can we change that? And so I'm like, yes, <laughs> we can do that. Why wouldn't you? Well, what's what's the difference? I mean, really, if you never saw me, you wouldn't know based on my voice, what I looked like, where I came from, you would just hear my voice. And so I think that you can build a community around that by saying, yes, we're different and we have differences, but let's just learn from that and get along as opposed to, no, I don't care. I don't care for you. I no, you're not for me. Do you know me? Have you had a chance to get to know me? Um, so I hope that answers your question. It totally does. <laughs> and I think it's really important that you speak on that and that you mm. talk about it because, um, 
you know, I think it's other people outside of Asian, the Asian American culture wouldn't even necessarily know that, you know, like wouldn't mm-hmm. know that there's a, a lower number of Asian Americans in podcasting or wouldn't know that that's something that we should care about and, and does matter. Um, it's so important that you're bringing it up. And so thank you for saying that. And I think it does speak so well to the community aspect, because I really like what you said about the fact that what you're sharing is teaching people who are listening and in that way builds community in a broader sense, right? Yes. So mm-hmm. not just building community within like a, a uh, subset of our overall culture, but saying, let's take a look at all of these different aspects of our overall culture and see that we're, we're one, <laughs> we're right. a part of a community together. And if we can look at it like that, then you are able to let your guard down and say like, oh, okay, like I want to know, I truly want to know more about your culture and your background and, and anything that you can inform me that you think I wouldn't know, you know? And I think it's just, it's great that you have that intention with the podcast because you're just opening up a much broader and more important conversation, um, you know, aside from just discussing the podcasts and right. our interests, oh. but that's, you're taking it kind of like to a deeper level with a yes. broader intention. And I also like to talk to my guests about the topic of compassion. So would you mind sharing with us what your own definition of compassion is and its importance in your opinion? So I think that, you know, when someone asks you to define something, the first thing I want to do is go to Google. <laughs> yeah. let, me get, let me get the Webster's <laughs> accurate definition. And then I was like, don't go there. Don't go there. What is, you know, when you hear that, what does that mean to you? And I'm, and I don't think, um, and maybe you'll give me the definition. And by the way, I do this on my podcast. I'm really open to saying I don't know what you meant when you said that word or that mentioned that term. Um, I'm willing to sound like that and be open about not knowing something yeah. uh, so other people can learn as well. But I think for me, um, what I, what I hear is really the basis of um, I think who I am, uh, which would be, you know, people will call that an empath um, somebody who has a lot of empathy uh, which I think is a good thing, but it can be really heavy at times, right? Because you just feel for other people. You feel, uh, and not only other people, um, I was saying to, to my husband, uh, I think it was yesterday and we were driving was, uh, I think we passed by like a, a hobby farm or something. And I said, oh, there's there's two donkeys there amongst the horses. And I'm like, Oh, the donkeys, like, are you happy donkeys? (laughs) And I'm like, why do I care? I mean, I don't have like a farm and I don't have animals. We have, we have one pet, but you know, Oh, I hope they're okay. Um, So that, that piece of compassion for other people uh, I think is really important because, and again, like I said, it's heavy, but it's important because otherwise then why are we here? I mean, what, then we're not to say that we're not, I think ultimately as a human being, really, we're innately selfish and that is normal and it's not good all the time. Uh, But if you can have compassion for other people or for other situations, I think you are a better individual um, because you're willing to give your time your money, your efforts, whatever, whatever that is to somebody else or to 
um, an organization or to a cause. Uh, so does that make yes, any sense? It totally does. And I can relate a hundred percent to the empath quality. Um, I am that way myself and I've really had to work with that and through that as an adult to understand the ways that being empathetic is valuable, but also the ways that it can be detrimental if not uh, looked at and cared for carefully. And I, what I mean by that is that I have found that sometimes when you're empathetic, uh, overly empathetic, sometimes it hurts you almost like Mm -hmm. I will take on other people's drama or sadness Mm -hmm. or, you know, I will take it on and literally absorb it and feel it as though it were my own. So I've had to learn that if I'm actually going to show up and make a difference in the world for other people with this empathetic quality, I have to also protect myself in the process or otherwise I kind of can't be of service as much as I I would like to be because I've taken on too much of the heaviness. So Mm -hmm. I've tried to kind of just envision like the protective shield almost around myself Mm -hmm. when I find myself in that situation. And I have to talk to myself, remind myself, Christy, you, yes, this person is going through something so hard and awful and and whatever. The best thing you can do for them is be present here Mm -hmm. and just like hold space for listening to what they're dealing with. You know, that will take the weight off of them. You don't have to do anything major by, or take it on completely yourself and feel like you have to fix it. Cause that's actually mm-hmm. not going to help them that much. And it is going to hurt you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, so I can totally relate to that and it is a struggle, but again, I wouldn't, as you said, I would never, I wouldn't change it. Like, I think that my empathetic quality, my desire to be compassionate, um, has allowed me to do deeply fulfilling work. Mm-hmm. And that matters. So I would never change that about myself, but it can be, like you said, very tricky to navigate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but no, I love what you said. And I think that that absolutely will resonate um, with some listeners about the, all of those things, especially seeing the donkeys. I, I, if I see something like roadkill, I'll be oh, like, oh, yeah. that was somebody's baby. <laughs> Yeah, I know. That's You're like, oh, I know. Oh my goodness. In it's fact, that so happens. ridiculous, but like, it, you know, that's the part of your heart that just kind of like aches yes. for yes. everything and everyone. Yeah. So lastly, can you tell us where we can find you, where we can find the podcast and how we can connect and connect with and support the YWCA as well? Sure, absolutely. So you can find podcast therapy wherever you listen to your podcasts. I am on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Amazon Music. Um, and as far as far as the YWCA, uh, if you want to visit our website for more information, we're uh, ywcagreenbay.org. Uh, go on the website, you'll find more details about those programs that I talked about. Um, again, we're celebrating this month it's Stand Against Racism Month. Um, next month we are doing something with our philanthropy group called the Women Division. We will have a luncheon in May. Um, just again, a lot of good work. It's a hard to get into everything in a short period of time. But if you go to the website, feel free to look around and see if you can um, find what you're looking for. And of course, feel free to reach out. My my name and contact information is on there. If you have questions, feel free to reach out to me via phone or email and um, I can give you more information. Perfect. And I will add links in the show notes to make sure everybody can find the podcast and the YWCA and you easily as well. So thank you, Suzanne, so much for being here today and sharing with us the incredible work that you do 
not just in your day job, but also on the podcast. And thank you for just exposing us to this great conversation. I really had a great time talking to you. Thanks, Christy. Christy, I'm so glad that uh, I was a guest on your podcast. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Be The Good Podcast. Please like, comment, and share, and be sure to follow us on Instagram at Be The Good Podcast. And remember, we can all find our own way to be the good. Thank you.